Hi, I am Michael. I am a business owner. I am an eager improv artist, a bit manic and very neurotic. I am also a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It's a dweebs global production where we interview people you know about things that they're not necessarily known for. So I'm here today with Tomomi. No. Hello. <laughs> um, she is well, she's a well-known yoga teacher and guru, uh, but today we're going to talk about her second scene where she is a self-described professional nomadic immigrant uh, with her family as well. Uh, she's lived in Japan, Bali, an island called Palauai, and that's just the start. Um, she's been all over the place. So again, please welcome to Momi. feel lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know our time difference, it's uh, eight at night here, and I guess it's about eight in the morning for you there. Yes, it is. Yeah, there's a bit of a time difference and there's a little bit of delay also. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll try to cope with it. <laughs> try not to talk over you. <laughs> so your second scene, your first scene do kind of uh, totally commingle with each other and I'm sure they go back and mm -hmm. forth. But mm -hmm. I guess I'll start with where are you from? Where are you originally from? Originally, I was born in Japan and well, born and raised in Japan. I was, well, now I'm back in Japan, but I was here until I was 18 and I moved to Canada, all the way to the Atlantic Canada. And I spent 15 years there. And after that, I moved around. I was always kind of back and forth in Canada and the States. And then I moved around in Mexico and different places, Australia. And then eventually I moved to uh, Bali in Indonesia. You left uh, Japan when you were 18? Mm-hmm. Like what, what had you leave Japan uh, all the way to Canada at such a young age? You know what? I get asked that question all the time, but <laughs> I always knew that I was going to leave Japan. Ever since I can remember, this is like something I recall. Um, my mother was so disappointed, but she had a... I had apparently made up a plan on a piece of paper that says exactly what I was going to do at the age of however. Some of the things I'm really glad I didn't do, like getting pregnant at the age of 20. <laughs> I'm really happy I didn't do that. But, um, but on that piece of paper, I was going to leave Japan and live somewhere else. And so that's, that has been... Like, it's, it's not even a dream. It's like I, I had that in my mind for as long as I can remember. Was there a reason you chose Canada? Yes, um, I had several reasons. Um, I had already visited um, the United States a couple times before that. And um, it was always a decision of whether it's going to be the States or Canada. And my mother had gone to um, visit in Vancouver a long time ago. So she had a really great impression there. And then at the same time, I had a high school teacher from the city I ended up living in. Uh, she was at the time teaching English in my high school. And I started talking to her and we got to know each other pretty well. And then I ended up moving to that city. Okay, so you followed, yeah. you followed a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's great. And how long did you stay in Canada for? 15 years. That is quite a while that you, you yes. essentially moved there for the same amount of time you were in Japan. <laughs> yeah, definitely my second, I, I, another second home for sure. Definitely there are some roots. 
Okay. Did you pick up, what, what were you doing there? Were you picking up yoga or were you? Um, originally I moved there for university. So I did go to university and then I got a job, office job. And while I was in the office job, I um, had signed up for yoga teacher training program. Okay. What did you study for at the university? Psychology. Okay. That always comes in handy, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I always say it's one of those subjects that, you know, like college kids don't know what to do, so they're going to take a subject. <laughs> yeah, well, I did communication, so that's the... <laughs> Actually, I learned a lot, and I, to this date, I still use quite a bit of it. Uh, but you picked up yoga, so you, did, you never really yes. used it as a career choice, though, at all. It wasn't a direction you had No, in. no. Um, yoga came, actually, yoga came way before I moved. Um, my mother had started practicing yoga, I think, just before I left and I didn't know anything about yoga at the time and unfortunately there was a cult group who created a terrorist attack on the subway and they claimed to practice yoga and at the time that was the first time I heard yoga so when my mother started practicing yoga I said no way and then I moved to Canada and I had no friends no family members and I knew nobody and one friend that I met had been practicing yoga for a long time. And she asked me to go do a yoga um, one day. And that became kind of a, our ritual. And, um, and then at the end, I just kind of started going on my own as well. And it evolved from there. Okay. Yeah, I feel like 20 years ago, I was in New York and I started doing Kundalini yoga and I was doing some yogas. And I know anyone that was like outside of New York, though, in America was like, what are you doing? Like, what is this mm. yoga thing? It was very odd. I feel like the same yeah. thing is happening with meditation now, where that's starting to become more normal as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. But, but back, I mean, people didn't know what it was. And I think it was Kind no. of this, this weird thing and there was not even a yoga studio culture either like there was uh, i was going to a yoga teacher that had rented you know school gyms or churches or a dance space when that was available you know so the location was changing every week and it was such an organic you know oh, grassroots yeah. kind of yeah but no we were in some it was like an elementary school that i think i was going to like in the evenings yeah, yeah. It's great. I love it. When I go to France, um, my husband is from a tiny little town in south of France, and there's not a whole lot of uh, studio culture there. It's like it's literally like five, 10, 15 years ago in the States or Canada. And, um, and I go to the school gym to practice, and it's great. It, it's such like organic process. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think about how yoga has become, it's become very corporate now. I mean, now it's... Uh, it has. It has, hasn't it? I mean, I can't really say a lot of bad things about it because I'm part of it, right? Like, it's, right. I, can't, I can't really separate myself from it. But um, it's a good thing because it became household term. You know, like going to yoga is like it shows up in TV shows and movies and people are really used to people doing yoga and I think that's a great thing, no matter how it shows up, you know, all these like goat yoga and beer yoga and all these things. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, it's kind of introducing the term and idea to new group of people. So I think it's a, it's great. 
And at the same time, I think it has come to the point where it's almost like I remember bubble, like, you know, like economical bubble, like how it burst. And it, I think it is coming to that point. I see, sadly, I see a lot of grassroots studios, like donation-based studios, for example, closing down because they can't afford any more rent, you know? So that kind of thing is happening. And People are teaching yoga teacher training programs for money because they can't survive with just the class packages because, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a victim of capitalism for sure. Right. Yeah. I know when I, you know, back then when I would take it in New York, you know, there'd be like their side gig that they'd be doing in the evening, you know, and you'd give them $10 or $5, whatever you could give them, you'd give them when you walked in, you know, it wasn't like a membership based place, like all the places downtown know are here. And yeah, it was, it was, it was very different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. So you moved, so from Canada, you moved to Australia, correct? Yes. A very short period of time, actually. Um, I didn't spend too much, I think maybe um, a month. My sister lives there. So I essentially visited her at the time and then at the same time i was hoping to move there um but their immigration process is really really tough so yeah okay uh how did you you ended up meeting your husband there did that help with not in australia in indonesia oh okay okay yeah so when the australia job didn't work out um i was basically looking for a job so i sent an email to one of my teachers and i said look she travels quite a bit. So I said, look, I'm, I'm looking for a job at anything you got. I go anywhere in the world. And she said, oh, by the way, there is a yoga studio in Bali that's looking for a yoga teacher. Um, you should, you're in Australia. It's close enough and you should go. Can you commit to six months to a year? And I said, yeah, for sure. So then I went to Bali um, originally just to check things out. Um, then I met my husband. Um, and that was that. Okay. Uh, what's, yeah. Tell me about Bali. It's a place I've never been to. I've heard, I've heard mm. uh, differing views of it from it being beautiful to it being turned into like a Disneyland. Uh, what's the, what's the true story of Bali? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. That's for sure. And it is definitely exotic, you know, for certain travelers who've never been to anywhere like that. Um, and it has like definitely unique uh, culture to it uh, because Bali is different from other parts of Indonesia in that they're the only, the last standing Hindu uh, island. So that's, um, that itself is very unique. And of course, um, that relates very deeply to yoga as well. And it's also, you know, my son's birthplace. So it's special for sure. But unfortunately, it has become very touristy place and uh, over, I think there I I think it's also like you know maybe my fault you know I, I, I basically went there and typical you know kind of uh, a girl from you know that lived in North America it's like wow it's amazing I love it it's so much yoga and coconut water and vegan restaurants <laughs> and it was great um, for a little bit um, and I lived in north of Bali, so away from the famous places in Bali. And it's, it's, some places are absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. But there's a gap between wanting to grow 
um, as a big tourist destination. And then also the rest of the stuff is trying to catch up. Meaning um, for my husband and I, the, the biggest heartbreak over there is the environmental problems. And, and certainly Bali is not the only place for sure, but for such a beautiful place, the environment, environmental education is not yet being done. I would say enough. And also for us, it became too, too busy for us to live. And it wasn't something that we wanted. I got you. So we moved out of there. Yeah. I'm sure they're, they're so reliant on the, the tourism industry. It's, it'd be hard to mm. turn it now. I know I've heard like the Galapagos islands, they seem to be the only one of the only places that you hear is doing it as right as they can, you know, limiting the amount of tourists at a time limiting the amount of people that can go to each of the tourist spots each day and um, doing some protection. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard to U-turn that at a point where Bali is, I'm sure. I mean, that's all the islands, you know, all the islands of Indonesia and all of the, you know, typical tropical destinations. It's, you know, we, the foreigners came and introduced new things, which were, good for certain things and then for others you know it became uh, much less organic right right the island you moved to in indonesia was that plow away yes it is yeah okay okay and you opened a scuba diving shop there yes scuba dive slash yoga studio slash a little tiny cafe okay that sounds wonderful what brought you to do that? I'm a small business owner as well, so I, oh. I, love, I love a good entrepreneurial story. What brought you, what brought you to open the, the store? Well, while we were living in Bali, we wanted to open our own thing. And we both had this idea of combining scuba dive and yoga studio and working together and kind of side by side type thing. And, and then we had an idea of um, a little island and uh, originally it was kind of our idea was tiny little island that nobody knows about you know kind of isolated deserted island feel and then i got pregnant so then then it was like do they have the school do they have hospitals do they grow food there because some of the islands in indonesia they don't they can't really grow their own food so they have to get everything from uh, bigger islands and so that gets difficult sometimes when um, uh, when people run out of things like for example I know that little island called Limbongan and they uh, sometimes they uh, run out of like literally run out of water drinking water so that kind of stuff kind of scared me a little bit so I wanted to be on an island where they had at least one hospital and they grow food there and um and we started looking around, we looked at many islands um, close to Bali and they, their property rates are astronomical. And um, so we were looking around and eventually my husband met uh, uh, an Indonesian guy who uh, became his student in diving. And then he said, oh, you wanna open a scuba dive shop? My home is really beautiful and it's got really great diving. So they, two of them ended up checking things out um, in Plauai and, and that was that. He, he called me and at the time I was with my son so, and he was tiny. So I, I didn't go, but uh, my husband called at night and said, this is it. This is the beach. 
That sounds beautiful. It sounds wonderful. Were there any other yoga studios on this island? Or? There is no yoga studio. Okay. No, I think there were a few traveling yoga teachers here and there, um, but there was no yoga studio there. Okay, so the locals took to you opening the, opening the scuba shop and... Yeah, I mean, there's a few scuba shops already. There's one that's been there for like 20 years, something like that. So yeah, it's been around for about, quite a while. What about the yoga aspect of it? Were they, were they okay with that? Or was it something you had to... They were okay with it because they see yoga as... What they know about yoga is that it's an exercise. So I get asked all the time from local women, oh, if I do yoga, can I lose weight? And that kind of stuff, you know, they're, they're very cute. But um, that's kind of all they know. Um, but I do refrain from chanting Om, for example. Like anything that remotely um, sounds a bit like a religious thing. I know that there was once um, one of the governors or someone like that who was visiting cafe downstairs just having coffee. And at the same time, I was upstairs teaching yoga and one of the local employees came back and said, can you stop the music a little bit? And at the time I was playing, I think like Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah or something like that. And they were like, it just sounds like Christian Christianity. Can you stop the music? And that kind of stuff. It's just, they don't really know um, what is what is yoga so you know did you get a lot of tourists coming to the yoga and the yeah 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 definitely um because the island is really well known for scuba diving but not much else so yeah i've had quite a few um yogis coming in saying <laughs> oh i didn't know there was yoga before nice it's and it was all um donation based Am I correct? Yes, it was. It was for a little while. Um, now, well, now I'm not there, but um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it still open right now? No, it's not because I'm the only person. So if I'm not there, they can't really. Now they use it as a cafe. Okay. Is the scuba, the scuba diving is still open? You still own the scuba diving? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They saw a dolphin come um, from the boat. They saw dolphins kind of jumping up like a... I hate to say like SeaWorld, but <laughs> they, they did, they, they were doing that. And yeah, they're having a really great time. It's, it's open. It's very beautiful as usual. Okay. That sounds beautiful. I would love to, I'd love to check that out. How many islands are there in Indonesia? It's something like more than 18,000 islands. I don't really know the exact numbers, but I know it's more than 18,000. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your, I know you, you, uh, you said you had to almost pretend yoga was just an exercise, which it is, it's an exercise, but I, does it have any more, does it have a deeper meaning to you? What is, what does yoga really mean to you? Yeah. Yoga is a system of self inquiry and self learning. So the yoga that we know um, on the mat doing poses, even though it's great, it's just a little tiny, tiny part of it. Um, there's a, a system where there includes Ayurveda, for example, it's an Indian medicine system, um, learning about what food is great for you, your constitutions and whatnot. So that's part of it, as well as learning about um, yourself, your, about your worldview, how you, uh, how you see yourself in your world. That kind of stuff is also 
like a big part of it. And then the, on top of that is the meditation. So meditation is actually the, the biggest part of yoga practice. And all of that combined, even include astrology, all of that combined is actually a system of yoga. So um, the yoga that we know is a tiny little piece of yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I do, I do scattered bits of what you just said. And one's over here and one's over there. Like, yeah. It would be nice to bring it all together. I'm, uh, I'm guessing this, this kind of leads into the philosophy behind um, flying, uh, flying elephant yoga, which is your yes. company, correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, when did you start that and what was your goal? It was when I, when we opened our shop, so it's 2015, 2015, yeah, 2016, 2015, yeah. And what is that? Um, I know you use it as you teach other teachers. Is it also for students? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's all really for students. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, how, do, how do people find it? And um, exactly what is it? Like, what is the, is it of courses or... Give me a little explanation of flying elephant yoga. Yeah, it's, um, well, what is it? That's a good question. It's, it's a yoga studio, but it's, it offers locations in different places. It's definitely, it's a teacher training school, um, as well as now I'm doing the, uh, it's online, but it's um, online yoga student training. So I like to consider it to be yoga student training course as well. <laughs> okay. Um, how do people find it? Uh, flyingelephantyoga.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Flyingelephantyoga.com. Yep. Okay. Or on Instagram, flyingelephantyoga. Got you. And when you say you have it on all different places, people can go to this at different places or? Yeah. Well, I say that because, um, you can go to Indonesia, although now, now you can't, um, until it opens. Um, but we do plan to open, um, another location in Okinawa as well. So that'll be part of it and then now we're working on uh online home base as well so okay do you have any students that have really touched you that have really stuck with you any students who really are dedicated to learning about themselves is they i always remember and and our conversations i guess the the students that i that really stuck are the ones that really continue the conversations what i love about my relationship with my teachers is exactly the same it's this ongoing conversation that lasts forever and hopefully lifetime and you know we keep learning from each other so i I always remember these students for sure yeah that's really that's really nice to know that you've made those you've made those dents around the world yeah because that's what makes me the yoga teacher and the yoga student as well i mean without them i don't I'm, I'm nothing. I'm just, a, I'm just a, you know, someone who's practicing yoga. So yeah, definitely. You're a mom. That's pretty important. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a hard job. It's, it must, it, it might be the top, probably top three hardest jobs on earth. Have you, have you, I'm sure you've introduced him to yoga. How is his, how is his practice? He's, um, he's working on it. He's working on patience right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's really into crystals. And so uh, in Indonesia, because we lived on an island, we, they didn't really have crystal shops. But um, when we came back here just a few days ago, we took him to a crystal shop and he just went, he was like, he was like a kid in Disneyland. He was just like, Oh my God. 
and he saw all these like crystals and then he puts them on um on the little box that he has and um on the full moon if i said oh tonight's full moon he's like immediately we got to put them under under the moon and you know it charges power and you know that kind of stuff so he's really into that okay <laughs> yeah kids are funny i have a i have 10 and 8 year old boys so it's uh <laughs> It's always an experience. They actually translate for me because they, they speak Spanish and they understand some Swedish. So they, they, nice. help, they help me along when we're traveling. Your, your children, probably, your son probably speaks a few languages, I'm guessing. Yeah, he speaks Indonesian, Achenese, which is a dialect in Aceh. And he's learning Japanese. Uh, he's pretty good with French and English is like really well. Okay. You have any, yeah. you have any parenting tips? that have to do with yoga and the practice? Oh God. <laughs> oh God. I, I would be nobody in parenting really. Um, I don't know. Other than, other than take care of yourself. <laughs> like, honestly, I think mothers, I was lucky. I was really lucky mother, young mother, uh, new mother. Um, when he was tiny baby, because we were in Bali and that's one of the great things about Indonesia, wherever you go, kids are treasured no matter who, whose kids they are, they're, they're treasured. And, and I, I was so easy for me to just go back to work and teach because I, I, anywhere I go, even restaurants, cafes, these local women would come over and they'll say, Oh, don't worry. I'll take care of your baby. Don't worry. Go and teach your yoga classes. I've certainly taught with my son in my arm. Um, some of the yoga classes as well. And that's one of the, one of the greatest things about Indonesia. The kids are so treasured. And I know that um, a lot of mothers in the world don't have that kind of environment. I know that some of them are very, very, very isolated. And that's, that's hard. And that's the same for fathers as well, right? Like, you know, any fathers or any parents that are, raising their kids and feeling isolated. I, I, I have a very soft spot for that. So I, all I can say is just take care of yourself and do, because at the end of the day, if you don't take care of yourself, you know, you're going to take it out on the kids or, or, um, or you can't take care of themselves, which is the worst thing. So yeah, I highly recommend self-care. Yeah. I think right now it's especially hard with COVID because you really can't rely on anyone else. So. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think a lot of parents are learning that too. And myself included, it's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't have anywhere we can kind of express that kind of frustration or um, anger or confusion without being shamed. There's not a whole lot of places where we can talk about it. Um, so I tend to, you know, kind of follow people that are doing that kind of work for mothers who have platforms where they can talk about things without being shamed. There's a lot of shame in parenting. It's crazy. You know, it's not a self-shame. It's a lot of uh, regret. You're always learning something a day late. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think maybe it's better than the yoga practice for spiritual growth. Parenting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your what's your biggest self care tip that you think keeps you grounded? Uh, for me, it's yoga practice. Yeah. That that whether it's forty five minutes or ninety minutes, I can't 
I can't skip it. And on the day that I do skip, it's a disaster. I understand. The day that I'm not on my treadmill or out running is... Uh... Mm-hmm. I think it's like really just essentially the time just being alone. Yeah. I've been trying to do my meditation every day. And I have a friend that I text. We text back and forth and we do our meditations to kind of keep each other. Nice. In. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been really good for the most part. but It's, it's a body system. It's great. It, that's, that's the best thing that's kept me in line with it so far. So... So where are you off to? Uh, you're leaving Japan and you said you're heading over to Tokyo, correct? No, I'm going to Okinawa. Sorry, Okinawa. <laughs> I am staying far away from Tokyo. Tokyo is not my scene at <laughs> all. <laughs> it's such a big city. So you're going to settle in there and you're going to do your flying, uh, your elephant flying yoga from there. And yep. what's, what's your husband got up his sleeve? Um, we're planning a cafe, cafe and a yoga studio, hopefully on the beach. And um, yeah, it, we, I mean, he's French as well. So we want to bring in a lot of French stuff and French kind of tend to gather with French as well. <laughs> so, yeah. It's been really, it's been really great talking with you. This has been. Yes, a, you too. It was uh, great. It was fun. Yeah. I really appreciate that you've given us the time and um, yeah, I wish you luck with the move. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we could get there. Yeah, I'm sure you will. In between typhoons, there's got to be a yeah. gap there, right? Yeah. This has been a Second Scene with Michael. And I would really like to thank Tomomi for coming here. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been, thank you. It's been so incredibly interesting and enlightening to talk to you. Uh, if you want to learn more about her, please check out flyingelephantyoga.com. Um, and if you need more no-nonsense advice or free one-on-one -on -one mentorship uh, in any area from resume writing to mental health, check out dweebsglobal.org and we'll pair you with a mentor. Uh, please tune in next Tuesday for an interview with a professor whom is best known for being one of the most popular liked professors at UC Berkeley, one of the best public universities in the world. But his second scene has taken him from India to North Korea twice. He also speaks a large multitude of languages, and that's just the beginning. So I hope to see everyone next week and, um, and scene.